Pirates versus Tyrants. This is the Tom Wren Show, where we practice piracy on the enemies of freedom and liberty. Everybody, and welcome to the show. I am excited to be here and proud to proclaim myself as a crazy and absurd Christian nationalist. Christian nationalism is my topic for right now. I am very wound up on this. Uh, I've got a real issue with what's occurring here. Now, for those of you that are not aware of what's going on, let's just dig right into this. So go back to this. Let's go back to the Super Bowl. Right, Super Bowl, we get the he gets us crap. Remember the he gets us crap? This absurd commercial about how uh, Jesus is okay with whatever you want to do and it doesn't matter. Why did I bring that up? Why, when I talk about Christian nationalism, did I start out bringing with the he gets us and this absurd twist of Christianity in, uh, in the Super Bowl? Why does that matter? And why does this all matter? You know, we get the elections, we got all this happening in 2024, all these different things. Why is it that we're so focused on Christian nationalism? Well, Christian nationalism is about our cultural identity as Americans, right? And as we go into 2024, what's occurring is the left is doing what they always do. They try and divide us. Well, what are they trying to divide us on? Everything, right? Everything. And they really want to come after us on core things like Christian nationalism. But what is Christian nationalism? So I'm, I'm looking yesterday, and uh, I've got this article I posted on the Gateway Pundit, or uh, wrote up, and uh, Gateway Pundit published it, and uh, JoeHoff.com published it. It's in a few different spots. But if you go to the Gateway Pundit, you will find this article right here, right? Uh, Christian nationalists loving their neighbor and loving their country since 1776. Yes. Actually, before that, but, uh, you know, we, that's when we did the Declaration of Independence, for those of you who are not super uh, up-to-date on history. And so, uh, yeah, we do this, Christian, we've got these Christian nationalists. What was Christian nationalism? What is it? Well, first of all, you've got to understand that reportedly, I believe we're 29 of our founding fathers were ordained or had gone through pastoral training or, you know, they're basically preachers, right? A lot of them were. And so our, our nation, the idea that our nation wasn't somehow influenced or founded on Christian principles is absolutely absurd, right? Now, this isn't to say that the, that the founding fathers didn't want church and state separated. Of course they did. Right. I mean, part of the reason that, that America, the people, the colonists came to America was so that they could celebrate their Christianity or their faith as they chose to. But the idea that our founding fathers were somehow against Christianity or were atheist or agnostic is absurd. Uh, there were a couple that were reportedly, uh, you know, not so much. But generally, by and large, um, our country was founded by people who came to America so that they could freely worship God in, in the way that they wanted to, and they were almost universally Christian. It was foundational to our culture. It was foundational to who we are. And so when we look at Christian nationalism, we have to understand that Christianity is, has, and was been a focal point of our country since before it, found, it was even founded. Uh, right up to the point where in 1776, when we launched the Declaration of Independence, we recognized the inalienable rights bestowed upon human beings by their creator. 
Now, I know this is a shock to the MSNBC crowd, but those inalienable rights bestowed upon us by our creator, that, that indicates a belief in, in God, because the creator would be God, and those rights don't come from government. They come from God, right? You have the right to, to pursue happiness, to live life, to liberty. These are things that are inalienable to all human beings. And if government doesn't support that, well, then we got to get rid of the government and redo it, right? That's what the Declaration of Independence says. So now, though, what was happening is we're trying to twist this. You have the, the leftists, the MSNBC, CNN leftists out there telling us, your rights come from government. I got news for you, brother. My rights come from God. Only one that can tell me what I can and can't do is God. And, and that's very true. And let me explain to you how you think of this. The speed limit's 55 miles an hour. Now, I say this as a lawyer, right? So I'm a lawyer, and, and this is this comes to the understanding what law really is. The speed limit is 55 miles an hour. What if I drive 60? What's going to happen? Is there some magical force that's going to stop me from driving 60? No, there's not. No, and in fact, uh, the only thing that's going to stop me from driving 60 is my choice not to do it. Now, you can give me a ticket. You can punish me. You can try and deter me. And in fact, as a lawyer, when you look at criminal law, criminal law is actually structured around uh, both deterrence and penalties, right? So criminal laws, you know, we got to make a penalty uh, strong enough to deter someone. And, you know, that the penalty is the punishment aspect. And that's uh, to make any sort of a victim of a crime whole. But uh, it's also to deter certain behaviors. So you can create deterrence, but ultimately I'm the one who decides what to do. My choices in life, my behaviors are mine. They're inalienable rights bestowed upon me by God. This, this goes to the gun rights. This is the Second Amendment. Well, we need to outlaw guns. Why? It isn't going to do any good. If someone's going to break the law, they don't care. If someone's going to shoot you, do you really think they're going to care about having a gun? If someone is willing to murder someone, do you really think it matters to that person whether or not they're murdering them with an illegal weapon? It's a stupid law, it's a meaningless law, and it doesn't do anything. But this is the nature of law. Law is something created by man. Now, law is enforced, interestingly enough, by people with guns. And the people who control the law have more guns and bigger guns than, than anybody else, so that's the government. So people follow the law because there is a deterrent factor. But as our founding fathers so wisely understood, our inalienable right to choose what we do is inalienable and comes directly from God. I don't have to listen to the law. I choose to listen to the law, right? That's the foundation for any society, for all culture. And in America, we came together, and we, we when the colonists got here, there were no laws at all. These are just people who showed up on a boat. There's no, there's no buildings. There's no infrastructure. There's nothing. There's just, there's no laws. So when you got here, when you get here as a colonist and you're settling and you're literally cutting down wood to, to build a log cabin to live in, there's no law. If you shoot your neighbor, nobody's going to arrest you. You know what happened when the colonists first got here? If you shot your neighbor, your neighbor's family is going to come and shoot you. That's why you didn't do it. 
So law is really something that you have to understand from a philosophical kind of perspective on this. Now, let's let's fast forward and let's kind of move forward. So uh, this, going back to the Christian nationalism, you've got to understand that law is not from government. Uh, your rights are not from government. Law is from government, but your rights are not from our government. Your rights come from God. This is inherent in our founding docu- documents and, and was very much understood by our founding fathers. So the idea that there's somehow uh, a disconnect between faith and our founding is absurd. Now let's talk about nationalism, right? Nationalism. Uh Nationalism is generally defined as pride in your country, right? Pride, pride, belief that your country's the one, it's the best, it's the way to go, right? You're, you're, if you're an American nationalist, that me- typically means that you you think America is number one. It's America first is what it actually is. America first and mega are nationalist kind of concepts, right? They're pro-America, strong U.S. Uh, nation, strong U.S. government, strong U.S., 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 I am very much a nationalist. I am not a globalist. I do not care what someone's doing in uh, Mongolia. It makes no difference to me. If Mongolian people want to live their life the way Mongolian people want to live it, good for them. I care what's happening in America. And I care about America first. You know what? I don't want to fund a border wall for Ukraine. I want to fund a border wall for the United States, right? So I am a nationalist. Let's take care of America first. Let's take care. Let's make our country great again. Donald Trump represents nationalism in a lot of ways. It's the number one thing I think that embodies Donald Trump, which is why the attacks on Christian nationalism are coming so fast and furious right now, because they don't want us to believe like Trump. Where are these attacks coming from? Well, globalists, the World Economic Forum, CCP, these, none of these guys want a strong, proud America. Why? Because a strong, proud America is the strongest, most powerful, and freest nation on the planet. They don't want that. They want tyranny. The CCP is threatened by a strong, free America. And the World Economic Forum is really threatened by a strong, free America because the World Economic Forum is about a technocratical government. They're trying to promote a group of billionaires running the world. They don't want freedom. They don't want independence. They don't want rights from God. They want rights from government and because they control the government. So nationalism means supporting America and America first. And if you like Donald Trump, you're probably a nationalist. And so any article out there attacking you for liking Donald Trump is really an article that is talking about uh, how much they hate you. Uh, I mean, that's it, right? So enter this, enter this. Let me show you this article. This is what triggered me writing the Gateway Pundit article. This is by Axios. And this is one of the most absurd and poorly written articles I have ever read. This doesn't even make the pretense of being news. This is nothing but a propaganda piece. And I mean, listen, if I were the CCP or the World Economic Forum and I wanted to do a propaganda piece, this would win the prize, right? Uh, Americans don't like Christian nationalism, but its influence is growing. Christian nationalism is Donald Trump. I'm sorry, but Donald Trump's pro-America stance is really, I mean, it's founded on nationalism. That's why they're attacking it. 
So what, is, what does Axios do here, right? Uh, you've got this clown, this this Russell Contreras, uh, who is absolutely, I mean, this guy is horrific. This article is awful. Why it matters. Some Republicans are openly expressing Christian nationalist views, which have ranged from calls for religion in Republic schools to book bans. This is an absolute outright misrepresentation. We don't even, we get two paragraphs in and we've got the first absolute outright lie, misrepresentation, and uh, everything else, right? What, what, let's talk about these book bans. What are the book bans that you evil Christian nationalists are promoting? Have any of you said, hey, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we need to get rid of books? No. What you said is we don't want porn in schools. The book bans they're referring to are the porn that they're putting in schools gender queer books that openly talk about sex with everything from animals to same sex to alter sex it doesn't it doesn't matter it you just don't need sex talk in school like that you don't need porn in school i am absolutely against that against that even if i wasn't a christian i don't want kids exposed to porn the only people who want to expose kid to porn are pedophiles and perverts if you want to expose a kid to porn you're sick but that's what they're doing. They're saying it's Christian that you, you're banning these books. Ooh, evil. Like Ron DeSantis down in Florida, you know, this, we're going to get rid of these books. Well, of course they need to get rid of these books out of school libraries. Why would you put porn in a school library? But Axios misrepresents. They said this is a Christian nationalist thing. This has nothing to do with Christian or nationalism. This has to do with protecting your kids from pornography. But they don't mind lying about it. And uh, more religion in public school. No, I don't think anybody, I, I mean, I am a diehard Christian. I'm a lousy Christian, but I'm a, a diehard Christian. Uh, I'm not trying to teach Christianity in the schools. I think what we need to teach in the schools is right and wrong. I think a little bit of moral compass. Did you know that our schools historically were actually ran by the churches? Did you know that the original schools in the United States were all ran by churches? There was no public education system. In fact, and it wasn't until around the Civil War that uh, concepts related to public education really became a thing, right? Until that time, pretty much everything was ran through the churches. And it was always believed that part of a school's job was to shape young people into becoming good, productive citizens. How do you teach people how to be good, productive citizens when you teach them uh, porn and that there's no right and wrong? I mean, we don't have to agree uh, on everything that's right and wrong. Can't we come together on certain things and say, you know, defending the weak is, is right? Uh, you know, persecuting the innocent is wrong. Lying is wrong. Can't we come together and have some basics on this? See, but what they're doing, though, is they're saying that that's Christian. It's not Christian. That's just true. Uh, no society can function if you don't have these, these basic cultural norms. But that's the point, right? This is all about destroying and weakening our society. They, they say even suggestions that democracy could should die, right? Now, this one's really worth looking at. First of all, we don't have a democracy. We have a republic, okay? There is no democracy here. This is stupid. And it, here's what they did with this. The democracy should die, right? 
what they're referring to is they're taking uh, uh, what's his name, Posobiec. Uh, what the hell is this guy's name? Jack's name? I can never say. I think it was last name, but uh, yeah, he he was talking about uh, the the election steal and this that and other and and made some comments about uh, uh, about our democracy. I mean, first it was a mis- First of all, this is a misrepresentation of his point, or I think his position. I would let him speak for himself. But uh, at the end of the day, we don't have a democracy. We have a republic, and no one other than the left is trying to get rid of that when they try and institute these socialist, leftist, communist policies. So you've got that, right? So I go through in my Gateway Pundit article, and. Uh, yeah, I go down to here, and here, another screenshot from there. Christian nationalism is a set of beliefs centered around white American Christianity's dominance in most aspects of the United States. What? What? That is not what Christian nationalism is. Uh, the, no, and they say Christian nationalists believe federal government should declare the U.S. government a Christian nation. No. We believe we should recognize that this was a nation founded largely on Christian principles. I mean, a lot of our rules and laws from founding were, but it's not. We're not saying it should be, uh, you know, legally. I mean, that'd be a violation of the First Amendment. And unlike you leftists, we actually like the First Amendment. Um, you know, many also believe the U.S. should be based on Christian values. That God has called the Christians to exercise dominion over. Well, yet we are based on Christian values, and. I mean, I don't know what they mean by dominion. We don't have dominion. We're just just people, and we vote. We believe it should be a republic, and the values of the majority should be reflected in it. This whole thing, folks, is nothing but an attack on that. So I go through this, and and, and I talk about this. But then I go on, I, I ask a couple questions, right? Um, and this is, really, this is really an important thing, because... After we look at Axios lying about everything that Christianity and nationalism stand for, I go on to talk about what they actually do, right? So I talk about Britannica describes nationalism as ideology based on the premise that an individual's loyalty and devotion to the nation state surpass other individual groups or interests. Folks, let me ask you a question. How many times do you hear that I'm an African-American, a Chinese-American, an Asian-American? Um, I'm a, a Muslim-American. I'm a whatever. How about you just an American? How about just being an American, right? Because in America, you can be black or yellow or green or red. You can be gay or straight. You can be uh, Muslim, Christian, Jewish. And guess what? It's okay. You're still an American because we have a First Amendment because we respect freedom, because we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and endowed by certain uh, by their creator with certain inalienable rights. We recognize that in this country, right? We know that. So you can be just an American, and it doesn't matter. Why is it that we have to identify as all these different things but Americans? And you never notice that whatever you are, it's something else first. You're always an African before you're an American, an African-American, right? You're a, uh, I mean, Jewish-American, Christian-American. Uh, pick your, but it's always uh, first. Why? Why are we not supporting America 
first, right? Shouldn't our, shouldn't we come together as an eight? And who's pushing this? And I asked the question, right? So if a nationalist is is supporting, you know, America first, mega, make America great, if that's nationalism, supporting America over, the, let me ask you what's wrong with this. America is the nation we freed the slaves and then went on to fight for freedom in the end of segregation all over the world. We fought for suffrage. We created prosperity on levels that this globe has never seen in history. The United States has brought more prosperity to more places around the world than any other nation in the history of the world. We have uh, facilitated technological advancements that have moved us from horse and buggy to 21st century modern era. We've done so much in this country. Um, Unlike some countries in the Middle East, if you're gay, we don't throw you off a building. We allow you to live your life the way that you should as a free human being with respect and dignity, as we should. Why? Why is that something I shouldn't support? For those of you that are against America, explain to me which of those things you dislike. Do you dislike that we stopped Hitler? What do you dislike? Um, Now, I dislike where we are now. I dislike Joe Biden and his corruption. I dislike the, the left hating America. I dislike all the things we're dealing with now. But guess what? I don't hate America. I love America. I hate that we're trying to get away from America as we founded it. You've all heard Dr. McCullough and others share over and over the value of keeping your sinuses cleansed. It's a smart move all year, but even more so when we're cooped up inside. It's not really open for debate any longer. Those that live smart and live well pay attention to nasal and oral hygiene. Cofix RX has just the tools for the job with our nasal and throat cleanse. Click the Cofix RX banner on americaoutloud.shop to get 20% off your entire order. That's right, americaoutloud.shop. Use coupon code OUTLOUD. That's coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off your entire order. Use Cofix RX because it works. Cholesterol, blood pressure, blood sugar, inflammation, and weight. These are all real-world problems that 87% of Americans are struggling with. Often, there are no symptoms, but left unattended, we become inundated with one health problem after another. It's time to fight back with Heal Right. Heal Right is a bar that you eat, but it's food as medicine that addresses the nutritional root cause of health issues in just eight weeks. Developed by world-renowned scientists and backed by 15 years of research, Heal Right is effective, but it's also delicious and works without additional diet or lifestyle changes. Step out of the statistics and use food as medicine. Visit HealRight.com slash OutLoud or AmericaOutloud.shop and use the code OutLoud for 20% off. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. 
From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. In 2008, people could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. When God, through His grace and mercy, gave us free will, the will of the people was to live freely. To that end, we fight for the liberty of all at a time when global tyranny threatens us as never before in mankind's history. This vision is manifest at AmericaOutloud.news, a site for all who cherish free will and freedom. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. So then let's talk about Christianity. What's Christianity? Love your neighbor. Treat people with respect. Do unto others. Right? I'm very proud of my Christianity. Christianity allows me to uh, allow sinners like me to be forgiven. Right? What did I get out of Christianity? Well, Christianity uh, is is really the foundational belief that. I mean, we believe in God, we believe in Jesus, but his teachings were all centered around love and respect, right? Now, I want to, there's a really important thing because, and I'm going to tie this into the whole uh, Christian nationalism, but the he gets us thing, right? So he gets us, much like Christian nationalism, is all about misleading people about what Christianity is. And there's a lot of this going on. So let me give you an example about this. As Christians, we're not meant to be lambs, we're meant to be lions, Christians were never meant to be cowering little wussies. Christians were meant to stand for the weak, right? Now, you turn the other cheek if someone does wrong by you. But let me ask you, what happens if someone does wrong by a child? See, the reason they don't like Christianity is because Christianity doesn't allow you to stand by while they're pushing pedophilia and pushing these these perverted pornography books in our schools. Christianity doesn't allow that. Christianity says you stand for the weak, right? You can you forgive sin against you. 
but not against others. You stand for others. You stand for the weak because when you treat someone like you want to be treated, it means you defend them. They also don't like Christianity because Christianity inherently embraces freedom, right? What is Christianity? Well, in Christianity, God gives you the right to choose to believe how you want, including whether to believe in him, right? It's founded on freedom. So there's a lot of issues. Last of all, Christianity implicates that there's something that's a higher power than government. And that's a real scare for them because they don't want our rights to come from God. They want them to come from government. So th there's a lot of problems with Christianity for the left. And so, but what should we dislike about it? The followers of Christianity treat people like they want to be treated. They respect others. They, you know, there's good things. Which part of those things do you hate? As a Christian nationalist, what I actually believe is that I should love my neighbor, I should stand for the weak, I should stand for America, a nation that has ended slavery, created uh, you know positive things around the world, done more good things for people than any other nation in history. We stopped Hitler for God's sakes. I know for uh, you know the guys down at the World Economic Forum that's an issue because they all seem to love him, but you know at the end of the day, we have done a ton. Of of very good things as a country. We've had some mistakes, but we've done a, an amazing number of things. As a Christian nationalist, I just believe that we're a great country and we've got to focus on being better and that if we make ourselves great again, we can then continue to help the other nations of this world rise up and embrace freedom and to live good lives. That's all. I mean, what's wrong with this? Mm -hmm. So... I don't see anything wrong with any of these, and I challenge anybody that wants to fight me on this. Let's let's have a debate. Let's debate this. I want you to tell me what's wrong with these things. I want you to tell me what's wrong with these, and don't lie about the premise, right? Don't lie about what it means to be a Christian yeah. or a nationalist. If you're a nationalist in Nazi Germany, that's horrible. If you're a nationalist in freedom-loving United States, that's wonderful because nationalism reflects the nation. So. Well, and Christianity is the free will part, right? The freedom and the faith. Yes. Um, we want everyone to have their freedoms. That's that's also just being Christian, right? Yeah. No one is enslaved. Our God actually demands we have free will because he wants us to choose. Yes. He wants it, us to choose. He doesn't want to control us. Like we always say, Jesus had the power to control all of us, but he didn't. He wanted you all to have free will. So that's that's the basis. And one thing that I get really stuck on when it comes to our founding fathers is the abolition of slavery. There's a lot of black leaders during that time that were found like just phenomenal people that we never hear about. We don't get their stories. Yeah. How much do we know about you know Frederick Douglass and all these guys? Like they want to hide the fact that many of the leaders in the and black leaders, strong, um, amazing. Uh, leaders in that movement were very much, they were, like you said, ministers. Yeah. They were in the faith. They preached the faith because the faith points to freedom for all. The faith is against yes. slavery. So yeah. that is a foundation. Martin Luther King, if he were alive today, would be the Christian nationalist that they are yeah. Now. Martin if, Luther if, King was absolutely a Christian nationalist. Absolutely, because the faith points to we are all equal and you cannot judge someone by the color of their skin. Yeah. Well, the, and the Christianity is is what really guided us 
mm-hmm. the freedom, right? To, yes. to recognizing the sins. There were errors that were made in our country. Uh, you know, when slavery was an error, it was wrong. Mm-hmm. It was horrible. Right. It should never have been a part of this and country, was, but. Yeah, but that was part of the reason why America was created because a lot of people were fleeing that type of tyranny. They didn't yeah. like that in, the, in, in Britain either. They were fleeing that tyranny. They wanted freedom. Um, I mean, it's 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 disgusting how what I was in a I was in a debate recently on on the abortion topic, and people were trying to again point paint me as kind of a bigoted religious zealot, right? You know that you know you 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 feel the way you do because everyone has to think like you, and everyone has to be part of your religion to understand. And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> it's the opposite of that. My religion actually tells me not to judge you by your your race or your background and things like that. Um, and there's plenty of Muslims and other amazing religions that we've worked with that have the same values because we're talking about morality. At yeah. the end of the day, we're talking about right and wrong. And there's yeah. people of all different religions around the world who, who stand beside the simple fact that killing a baby is not a form of birth control and shouldn't be encouraged in a society and you shouldn't be telling your children that it's no big deal. It's free and easy. And let's just pass it out like Tic Tacs. That's what I was saying. I don't, I don't expect everyone to be Christian. I don't expect everyone to see the world the way I do, but I do demand a level of morality and justice in my, my world and in my community and in the country that I stand with. And I stand in this country because it was built on morality and the values of right and wrong. And it just so happens that that was, because of the Christian faith. Yeah. Our our country was built on the Christian faith, period. You cannot deny it. You can't argue it. And there's no reason to be upset with it because it's why we're so strong. Well, and I'll tell you, so, and the interesting thing about that is, is the manifestation of the Christian faith. I mean, the, we have Judeo-Christian values as a foundation of everything we do. Mm-hmm. And those Judeo-Christian values are, uh, I mean, they permeate the entire Western world. They permeate uh, actually most of the world over, right? Uh, You know, valuing life, valuing family, valuing Mm -hmm. the things that that are taught. They're universal to most religions, right? I mean, these are things that, you know, there's a lot of doctrinal differences in a lot of different religions around the world. And there's certain things that I like or dislike about it. I mean, obviously I'm a Christian, so I like my Christian, right? But but those foundational values and the recognition that no country can survive without some sort of a cultural foundation. You know, th- th- we, we have a country, right? Mm-hmm. you got 300 and however many million people that are supposed to live together, work together, get along. You may not agree on everything. You don't have to. But there has to be a certain number of things that we come together on, right? So we have a law that says you can't murder people. We have to all be able to come together on that or there's a problem, mm-hmm. right? We have a law that says you can't rape someone. I would think we can all come together on that. We have a law that says, you know, children are protected from pedophiles and perverts like Katie Porter from California who wants to, you know, uh, recognize pedophiles as a protected class. I mean, the, this is, there's just basics, but those, those cultural norms always come from faith, religion, this, that, and other. But what they're trying to do is because God represents freedom, okay? Uh, I don't care how you look at God, whether you look at him as Christian, Jewish, whatever. God represents freedom. 
because he didn't make you a slave. I don't care whether you're Christian. I don't care whether you're Jewish. I don't care whether you're Muslim. I don't care what you are. If you believe in God, you're choosing to believe in him. Okay? So he gave you evidence that he exists, but you he, he hasn't shaken your hand recently, I'm guessing. So the thing is, is we know that God believes, we choose to believe in God. That is the ultimate form of freedom. You also, if you believe in God, you believe that, that that's the only one that you really got to answer to. Everything else is, did I get caught, right? And so this is a threat to the power structure of people. The, these psychopaths that are trying to run the world, they do not want you to believe that there's any higher power than them. I mean, it's literally insanity. These people literally have, have psychological disorders or something because they're so hell-bent on this. It's, it's like we can't have anything more powerful than government, which we control. And that's, that's why we have America, is we were running from a tyrannical king and monarchy that we were that way. The yes. government is telling you to live by their law and just take what they say as the law of the land, period. They don't want you to look higher or further. Yeah. They, they want you to just follow them, period. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's it. I mean, they just, and it's real simple. They, they just don't want faith. So I don't know. It, you know, I look at this whole thing. And uh, this whole push against Christian nationalism is really a push against America. I, that's all it is. And yeah, the only question I really have is, if you're against Christian nationalism, why do you hate this country? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't like this country, then I guess my, my, my recommendation is get the hell out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, China might welcome you. You can go join them and join the socialists, you know, in some of the European countries. Uh, this is this is just an absurd thing. And uh, at the end of the day, folks, we either come together as a nation that recognizes its its origins, or we lose everything. All right. So I want to move on. Um, I'm obviously fired up. You can see me blowing stuff up on Twitter and elsewhere on that. I'm gonna keep ranting on this. Um, because I just we're we're just not dealing with that. But I want to move on to another thing. Now, this might not be as important to the future of our country, but I I got to be honest with you. I think it's pretty damn important, right? Headline, ready? Going from Christian nationalism to women want golden retriever boyfriends, and Russell Wilson gets frisky with Sierra. So. I'm sorry, folks. I had to go something a little bit lighter hearted. Uh, golden Retriever Boyfriends. Have you heard about Golden Retriever Boyfriends? Because I got to be honest with you. I have not heard of Golden Retriever Boyfriends. Uh, Producer Andrea, do you know anything about Golden Retriever Boyfriends? No, I, I didn't dive into the deep research on this topic. Uh, this is really important. Uh, this is super important. So apparently now... Uh, yeah, it's funny because you know, in, in those toxically masculine, sexist days, uh, if you had an ugly girlfriend, you used to call her a dog. Well, that's <laughs> gone. Uh, uh, but now, uh, apparently, folks, uh, men are all dogs. And we're being characterized uh, through our dog breed association. So anyways, uh, golden retriever boyfriends. Uh, this is kind of a funny thing to me. Uh Move over boys, dogs are women's best friends. And they go on to explain that uh, 
Golden Retriever boys are exactly like the breed they're named after. They're universally liked, inoffensive, outgoing, and follow you everywhere looking for love and attention. They're loyal, optimistic, and easy to train, basically uh, looking to date a woman, uh, or basically a woman looking to date a Golden Retriever wants a big goofball that's obsessed with her. Oh, my goodness. Um, I, well, I, I'm going to be real honest. Uh, Producer Andrea, um, I mean, you know my wife, you know my family, and you know me very well. I don't think I qualify <laughs> as a golden retriever. Um, uh, uh, inoffensive, outgoing, want to mm -hmm. follow you around everywhere and looking for love and attention. I'm pretty sure that those don't – I don't think I'm qualifying. What do you think? Am I Am – I, uh, have I oh, fallen short? Goodness. This just makes me sad because I have two young boys and it just makes me so sad for the world. So, so, so when they talk about the, this whole dog stuff though, is this like on dating apps? Like, I don't know, where does this come from? Like, are women actually using this terminology? Are they like, I'm looking for a golden retriever? Uh, I'm really confused. Cause this is like what the left does with the hyper, like defining. Well, things in a um, twisted kind of demonic way like we've talked about the destruction of man i don't know how much more destruction you can have again if you turned this backwards on women and 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 men were putting out this type of crap i wonder what the feminists would think well that was kind of my question here <laughs> i mean th like, th that's where i'm going with this i wonder um, what kind of dog i would be and what men would like i want a what like this is retarded uh, you'd be a pit bull i don't think you would want to um <laughs> Uh, for those of you that don't know, producer Andrea is pretty fierce. Um, yeah. yeah, but but it goes on. It talks about other dogs. Um, I mean, yeah, they they talk about this in terms of you know this this golden retriever thing, which but is apparently kind of a is weak this like little a hashtag thing. Is this a dating app thing? Like, where did this? I get. I mean? you know, according to this, it's. Uh, it's a social media thing and uh, yeah. what kind of dog breed they like best and what kind you know, uh, the, what they're talking about is, is guys. Right. And so I don't know uh, if there's any sort of a like consolidated list. I'm sure that some, I'm sure that one of our universities is funding a study using <laughs> our taxpayer money to determine uh, you know, how to define what sort of a dog represents male personality traits. So, so, so the, the most popular one's the golden retriever that follows you around. And is yeah, apparently. So I, we're, I teaching, mean, I don't... we're teaching young women that men are just to be their little puppies that follow them around and, and do their bidding. Cause that yeah. always works well in a strong relationship and marriage because yeah. you know, you'll be real happy after 20 years of having a slave. Yeah, that's what you usually want. I mean, you get a lot of respect for someone, but it, it goes on. I mean, it talks about a few others, right? Um, so this, it, it doesn't go through all of them, but uh, uh, here you go. Uh, if you have a hard exterior and hate everyone except your woman, you're a Rottweiler boyfriend. <laughs> People annoy you. You're unavoidably standoffish in social situations. Probably aren't super warm toward her friends and family. And only your partner will, uh, uh, you only for your partner will you drop your machismo or your, your macho persona. Um, so I guess, I guess uh, a, a Rottweiler uh, a boyfriend, I mean, that's an option. 
Uh, it also says uh, you could be a Doberman. So uh, fiercely protective, strong and silent, on the lookout for potential threats and can be territorial. Waste friends don't bother trying to get you involved in the conversation because you're there as the bodyguard, not the participant. Um, mm. I guess they're kind of the intense guy that hates everybody that is looking at their girl. Um, and then they've got the German shepherds, uh, protective but friendly, hardworking, loyal, uh, only have eyes for their significant others. Uh, unlike Golden Retriever, though, they are not doormats. <laughs> <laughs> They'll still call their lady out on her BS and snuggle up on the couch to her afterwards. So I, I, I guess there's that. Um, is this like the, a dehumanization thing? Like, is this, is this like the well, It's, it's like, about men. So, yeah. Like, like, I don't understand like the point of this, of this exercise other than well, like, I guess everyone's just really cliche and fits in these cute little cookie cutter boxers. I mean, it makes it seem like dogs are superior than us, right? We're trying to find how, what breed we're, we are in the dog world. Well, I mean, men are generally viewed as less than dogs, I think. Yeah, you're not very society. complex, obviously. Your brains um, are, are this simple. Uh, they 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 in this article they they go on the final one that they list is the borzoi, b o r z o i. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Um, <laughs> I like this one. He's lanky and aloof, and people truly can't figure out what his wife or girlfriend sees in him. <laughs> While these pairings might not make much sense to our outsider, borzoi is loyal, respectful, and treats his lady like a queen, even if his appeal is more apparent behind the scenes. Uh, Perfect examples of these relationships include Justin and Haley Bieber. Uh, basically, uh, a laundry list of women who have inexplicably lined up to date Pete Davidson. I don't even know who Pete Davidson is, but um, uh, so I guess I guess the Borzoi is the uh, the ugly guy, pretty girl thing. Um, mm. Uh, so, but I mean, are the are women supposed to go through these and then pick which one they're like looking for? I just again, I don't. Know I don't. I don't really know. No one pick that, right? I don't really. I don't really know <laughs> or understand this, but I, I I thought it was pretty funny, and you know, I, I figured oh, it was a good. The the punishment that boys are allowed to go through that no one else can go through. It's really it's really kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. It's your, it's your privilege. It is definitely my privilege, and I am privileged. Uh, mm -hmm. I, my privilege is pretty out of control. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Uh, I've got a, a series of articles here, and uh, I thought these made sense to tie in with the uh, Christian nationalism war. Um, headline, Liberty Daily, even among Democrats, pushing gender ideology in schools is divisive. 80% uh, uh, a, st a PRC poll published Thursday found that only 53% of Democrats, the teachers, supported a student learning that gender can be different. Basically, the trans stuff, right? Uh, even even in you know, leftist schools with leftist teachers, they could only find 53% that supported pushing this trans stuff. Um, it, it, it's not supported ever anywhere. Nobody likes this. Now I've got to be honest with you. The fact that it's over 50% is a bit terrifying to me 
you know, I, I don't really understand that. Uh, but, you know, it, it's a huge, huge, huge deal that, uh, you know, that they could only get to 53%. I mean, the schools are terrible, right? The schools are absolutely horrific. So um, I don't know. Uh, I want to move on a little bit uh, from there because as we're talking about this, there's something out there that I was not aware about or aware of. Um, have you got? Do you have you ever heard, producer Andrew? Have you ever heard of uh, the progressive gaze or the white gaze? No. No. Yeah, gaze like like G A Z E. Um, so the progressive gaze or the white gaze uh, is is kind of this uh, you know new leftist thing. Uh, let, let me take this quote. What happens to the writerly imagination of a black author who is some level always conscious of representing one's race? or in spite of a race, readers that understand itself to be universal or race-free. Um, when you talk about the white gaze, what they're saying is you, everything is colored by whiteness, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, everything that you view, everything that you see uh, is colored by whiteness and, and uh, is popularized according to this article by a novelist called Tom, Tony Morrison, concept was do with one's uh, default reader or observer right Mm -hmm. and so this like uh you know i'm writing this book and who am i writing it for Mm -hmm. and the the idea is is that you're always your default viewer or a reader is always some white guy um oh okay here's the problem here right uh first of all i'm not sure why it matters what color your reader is but I do think that as a writer, you've got to think about your audience, right? So you've got to think about what does your audience care about? What are they listening to? What do they want to hear about? Um, if you're not doing that, that's an issue. But anyways, so we have a white gaze and we have this concept of progressive gaze now. And that's, a, that's a, I think, a very real thing and something that's far more serious, right? Because uh, it used to be that you, you'd think about when you're writing an article, your audience as Americans, now you're going to think about your audience and you're going to say, well, what's that? Well, you, we, we censor ourselves. We limit what we say. And why do we do that? Well, because uh, we, don't want to, uh, we, we don't want to offend any progressives. And we have these leftists all over the place that are just running the show. And so, you know, we censor what we put out and we kind of self-censor them. I think it's important because this ties in with... Uh, this ties in with the attacks on Christian nationalism. Mm-hmm. It ties in with uh, the objectification of men, the, the soul trans. Yeah, right now we've got a situation where the entirety of the mainstream media, media is controlled mm-hmm. by leftist lunatics, and they're pushing very, very strong positions. And what's happened now, and this is a real thing, the progressive gaze is, is, is just permeating our society. So when you look at the world, you know, you go out and you have a conversation, you meet someone new. No one immediately says, hey, guess what? I'm a proud supporter of Donald Trump. Some do. I mean, I am. But uh, most people kind of beat around the bush. And, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And then once they hear that someone doesn't like Biden, well, good, I don't like him either, right? Um, 
it influences how we talk. It influences how we think. This is a big deal because we, the people, got to be able to speak our minds, and we got to get the truth out there about what these crooks and these leftists are doing. Mm-hmm. But we're all afraid to speak, right? We're afraid that we're going to get censored on Twitter or censored on Facebook or censored on this or censored on that, and it's something that's happening. So, anyway, just I think it's an important point, something to look at because, uh, you know, it just it, it just really is impacting our ability to communicate and to think. So, but but back to Toni Morrison, what was she saying about the white gaze, though? That it needs to be change well, or what, what was she saying about it because uh, i mean i i studied tony morrison college and i a lot of the she does a lot of fun like psychological stuff with her work she wrote a, a fun like short story about two girls who grew up being friends da, 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 da. and like you what you do is you give it to a, a classroom a group of people and then you come back and you say which one was white and which one was black and everyone has a different view because what she did is she system you know very meticulously put in like cliche uh, descriptions of the two girls you know one one almost seems like she has an afro but it's not really defined and back and forth with kind of these cliche things that are almost some people assign certain races and stuff so i love that she does this whole psychological thing but what was she saying as far as the white gaze is it a is it an issue is that what she's saying uh well um morrison one according just reading to you from the article morrison once wrote what happens to the writerly imagination of a black author who is at some level always consciousness conscious of representing one's race to or in spite of a race of readers that understands itself to be universal or race free uh, no doubt he is suffocated and strangled by the pressure right so that the the point that morrison was apparently making is if you're a black author uh you're assuming that your audience is white guys and somehow that's impacting your ability to write Okay. I don't know if that's true. I'm not a black author. Yeah. Um, and my actual concern here is not so much the, whether or not that's a reality, because I guess I can't know that, right? I'm not a black guy. Uh, even, even Well, I might identify as a black guy today, but uh, typically I'm not actually a black guy. And so I, I don't know. And I would feel bad to anybody that's doing that, but I'd recommend anybody who's writing that way to quit. Yeah, work. Well, I mean, that's why there's been the anonymous authors for a long time. There are women that had men penmanships and stuff like that, too. Yeah. But, but I mean, when you get back to what you were saying, as far as I mean, I think it, it's when you're in, in war, like we're so divided, you know, the Biden and the Trump or the right and the left, you know, we're we're living in like war, war times as far as how divided our country is on a lot of issues. And I think back on like, again, when we were trying to abolish slavery, what do you think it was like associating with people then? Yeah. You could be at a dinner party with someone who owns slaves and you could be a hardcore freedom guy yeah. who thinks who thinks that that's absolutely abhorrent and immoral. And I mean, that's that's where we get into these. These gaze issues. Yeah, there's no question about that. I mean, yeah. listen, at the end of the day, you know, this whole thing is. If you're a black guy and you're writing a book and you choose to look at it through that lens, that's a shame. Yeah, but it's up to you. At the end of the day, what you have to do as an author is you have to decide, do I want to write a book that's based on my perspective or that's going to appeal to an audience? And if you want it to appeal to an audience and the demographics that you're using to describe your audience are based on skin color, well, that's your decision, right? I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. So, for example, when we do the 404 series, right, my audience that I'm trying to get, I'm trying to take complicated things and boil them down to people 
who don't have, you know, a deep science background or a deep law background or a deep this or deep that. I'm just trying to help people to understand. Or the time or the time to do the research. Right, right. You know? yeah. So, I mean, that's my market. I'm not thinking about whether they're black or white or yellow or red. I don't give a damn about that. Mm -hmm. um, but that's my market. You can define your market however you want. When you're writing, you're creating a product and you have to create it for a market. And if you're what you're looking at is to create it for a white market, then okay, I guess that's your prerogative. I don't know why mm -hmm. you would do that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you, you know, lamenting the fact that human behavior is what it is, is, is pointless. I mean, you know, I mean, everybody sees the world through their own eyes. And when you create a product like a book, well, if you want it to sell, you write it to, so that people will buy it. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could certainly write populist crap that everybody will buy and that'd be super bestseller type stuff. I'd have to sell out on a lot of things to do it. But that's kind of, yeah, it's an option. So anyways, that's my point. Um, mm -hmm. I just don't, I don't see that there's a, a good reason for us to be, I don't know. I, I, I think that the concern here is when the gaze that we're worried about dealing with is the gaze of progressivism, right? You mm -hmm. can't have people limiting what they say because they don't, they're worried about offending anybody. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, folks, uh, listen. Support us at TomRens.com. We need support. We need backing. We need you to check us out. Share the Tom Renz Show, the America Out Loud Network. Uh, you know, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on X. Check out that Gateway Pundit article. That Gateway Pundit article. I really want to see that one go. Uh, I want people to share that one. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. We've got to deal with this. We've got to fight this out. Uh, get our books. Uh, go to uh, TomRenz.com/store. You can see all the things that you can do to support us. And if you like the show, well, share the show and share us because, yeah, that's the best way to get things going. We appreciate everybody listening. We appreciate all that you do. God bless you all. God bless America. And we will be back very soon.